0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome back. This will be for Romans chapter 2. The heading reads, God shall render to every man according to his deeds. Both Jews and Gentiles are judged by gospel laws. (coughs) Therefore, verse 1, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that thus judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. In other words, judge not unrighteously, that ye be not judged. Verse two, but we are known, sure that the judgment of God. But we are know, but we know. Uh, let's see, verse two, but we are, but we know, sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Oh, for but we are sure that the judgment. Okay, but and so we know. Okay, I get it. Sorry. Verse three, and thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape? The judgment of God. In other words, God will judge everyone by the law of the gospel. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And after, in accordance with thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, in other words, the second coming, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render or give back or restore to every man according to his deeds. Good works are important along with faith. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile or the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect or partiality of persons with God, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. What Paul doesn't explain is the eternal reward of those who have no law given to them. Their reward is much greater than those who violate the law. Mormon explained they are without the law, they that are without the law are alive in Christ, for the power of redemption cometh on all them that have no law. Therefore, or Wherefore, he that is not condemned or he that is under no condemnation cannot repent. For the most part, they will receive a terrestrial glory and come forth in the afternoon of the first resurrection. Then shall the heathen nations be redeemed, and they, they that knew no law shall have part in the first resurrection, and it shall be tolerable for them." Joseph Smith said, God will judge them, not according to that which they have not, but according to that which they have. Those who have lived without law will be judged without law, and those who have a law will be judged by that law. We need not doubt the wisdom and intelligence of the great Jehovah. He will award judgment or mercy to all nations according to their several deserts their means of obtaining intelligence, the laws by which they are governed, the facilities afforded them of obtaining correct information, and his inscrutable designs in relation to the human family. And when the designs of God shall be made manifest and the curtain of futurity be withdrawn, we shall all of us eventually have to confess that the judge of all the earth has done right. To say that the heathen would be damned because they have they did not believe the gospel would be preposterous. And to say that the Jews would all be damned that do not believe in Jesus would be equally absurd. For how can they believe on him of whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without a preacher, and how can we preach except he be sent? Consequently, neither Jew nor heathen can be culpable for rejecting the conflicting opinions of sectarianism, nor for rejecting any testimony but that which is sent of God, for as the preacher cannot preach except he be sent, so the hearer cannot cannot believe except he hear a, a, a sent preacher." And he cannot be condemned for what he has not heard and being without law, he will have to be judged without law. And that was by Kent Jackson. Bruce R. McConkie said, Paul here announces that all men, all living souls, whether they have knowledge of gospel law or not, shall be judged by the law of the gospel. Specifically, he says, those who sin, having not the law, shall perish, meaning they will be condemned for disobedience to a law they never had. This principle, Paul reasons, is implicit in the whole system of judgment according to works. It is in fact but an extension of the gospel verity that those who work righteousness shall be saved and those who do evil shall be damned. The fact is they are damned through sin, whether they have the gospel law or not, and for that matter, since judgment is the Lord's and he will repay, how could anyone ever be judged by any law except his law which is gospel law? To show the justice of such a course the apostle having previously named the sins of sexual perversion, murder, fornication and wickedness. Wickedness of every sort now says that the Gentiles who have not the law given them by revelation, nonetheless have the law written in their hearts so that their minds and consciences bear record that they should not violate the laws of God. This is another and quite an expressive way of saying that the Spirit of Christ is given to every man, that he may know good from evil. Hence every man in and out of the church, whether he has the gospel law or not, is accountable for his deeds and will be judged by gospel standards, and that's by Bruce R. Verse 13 For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature or instinct the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law, or who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. So it sounds like the light of Christ here is uh, given to everybody. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to the gospel, behold, thou art called a Jew and and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things which are more excellent being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form, or the system, or the appearance of knowledge, and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sac- sacrilege. Thou, ha- thou, that- thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law?" For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward of the flesh. Baptism is only an outward ordinance. Without an inner commitment, it is of no worth. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Dallin-Oaks said, "...he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly." So, quoting Romans here, "...to paraphrase, a person is a true Latter-day Saint if he or she is so inwardly, if his conversion is that of the heart and the spirit." whose praise is not from men for for outward acts, but from God for the inward desires of of his heart. As we seek to determine whether we have become true Latter-day Saints inwardly as well as outwardly, it soon becomes apparent that the critical element is progress, not longevity. The question is not how much time we have logged, but how far we have progressed toward perfection. Neil, Anderson, or Neil Maxwell has said, Life is not lineal, but experiential. Not chronological, but developmental. The issue is not what we have done, but what we have become. And what we have become is the result of more than our actions. It is also the result of our attitudes, our motives, and our desires. Each of these is an ingredient of the pure heart. Some persons achieve great progress toward perfection with just a few of life's experiences. Others seem to pass through the same experiences again and again and yet remain relatively unchanged by them. The contrast is suggestive of the difference between the status of one person with four years' experience and another person with one year's experience repeated 20 times. The question is not longevity but growth. Growth is not measured by a clock or an odometer but by what has happened in the heart. And again, that was by Elder Oaks. Alrighty, uh, that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.